Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, is the man still trying to get over the post-celebratory highs of celebrating four years on the Doc G Show, Dave Burles Berlin. Doc, it's like winning the Super Bowl. You mm-hmm. get the whole offseason to mm-hmm. celebrate. Like, you got... Yeah. The parade, then yeah. you go to Disney World. Yes, you that's know, a fact. I'm I'm still not left Disney World yet. That's where like the stage. Wow, in. wow. So I don't even know. Like I haven't even done my interviews and stuff yeah. yet. You know. Yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, there's a whole wave coming. Mm-hmm. Full wave. Mm-hmm. The after parties after the show last week. Right. That, I haven't. That, yeah. Yeah. That I just made up for this introduction. Huh? Were they crazy or what? My um, God, they wild. were crazy. I can't even remember them. They were so crazy. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a celebration. True, true. Dave, I looked it up, and if you were married to the Doc G Show, you'd be celebrating the Fruits and Flowers anniversary. That's the four year. Hmm. The Fruits and Flowers. Uh, what would you get me? Edible um, arrangement? Ooh, that would sort of mix the two. That would be nice. Right. Yeah. I... I like if I'm going flowers. I mean, obviously, it sort of depends on who's getting the flowers. Yeah. But I've always been what a fan. What kind of flowers do you think I would like? Well, I <laughs> I would like to give you some sunflowers, Dave. How would you feel oh. about that? Say what? I'd like some, is that your go-to? Is that what you're going to say? You like to give people yeah, well, sunflowers? If, if, if I know they're a person that likes, like, you know, the full bloom of summer. I feel like yeah. that's the full bloom of summer. You oh, know? totally. Yeah. But, but you know, I mean, it's it's. I, I would do I would do some investigation before I just okay. went willy nilly into it. You know, okay. I'm, yeah, don't yeah. worry. If I get you flowers, I'll find out. I'll find out what your fave is. <laughs> w- what's your fave? What's your fave flower? Hmm. Dude, I don't I don't have a favorite. Flower. Oh I, come on, you do. No, I don't. Okay, um, we're gonna go through. Kayla likes hydrangeas, so okay, hydrangeas. That's that's my favorite. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll run through a list one day and find out what your uh, favorite flowers are. The listeners uh, will love it. But that's a fact. But Dave, while we celebrate our f- fruits and flower anniversary, I have something that everyone else in our home state of Florida can celebrate. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm listening. Okay. Apparently, apparently, Florida, we are not one of the grossest states in the country. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Very know, nice. Man. Sometimes that surprises me. It is. I, I, I'll mention that in a little bit. Uh, so the company Zipia, which I don't know. Have you ever heard of Zipia? No, but you know, all of our best articles comes from non-reliable sources. That's a fact. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Zipia is a job searching company. And I'm sure they were sitting around and they were like, hey, how can we get a whole lot of extra publicity without actually paying for advertising? And they were like, how about we release a quote-unquote study hmm. that investigates how gross states are, and then idiots will totally bite on our stupid study and read it. Well, congratulations, Zipia. I did, and I'm an idiot. Yes! So there you go. Good stuff. That's where this study came from. Zipia, Dave. Zipia. So... Apparently, their research, their qualifiers on how gross a state was, was Mm -hmm. the air quality of the state, 
Okay. The amount of landfills in the state hmm. and the overall spread of disease in the state. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Now, Interesting. now, based off of those criteria, what state do you think landed number one grossest in the country? Hmm. Man, I'm going to say like Alabama. You know what? I was very offended. I was offended that both of those were in the 20s. What? Huh? What? Huh? Virginia. Number one. Oh, you dirty Virginians. Yes. You disgust me. Ew. Virginia, number one. Now, hearing that, where do you think Florida ended up? Hmm. Um, if if uh, Alabama and Mississippi are in the 20s, I'd say Florida is like early 30s. Close. 29. Yeah. 29. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and like you said, though, I I got to wonder how accurate that is, considering that in our state we have a landfill that's taller than a 20-story building titled Mount Trashmore in Broward County. Word. Like, I don't, I don't know. That seems pretty gross to me, Dave. I, I mean... So true. Just saying. And that's one of their criteria is landfill, so... You know, like, yeah, I just I, Virginia is like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like kind of big, but it's not like super big. Well, right? uh, uh, no, and I mean, they so well, first off, before I go into this, well, what do you think was the least grossest state? Hmm. The least grossest, I would say something that's really like spread out. Yep. What do you think is um, the most spread out? Biggest, most spread out you can get in America? Like Montana or, um, Texas. Close with Montana. Texas actually was gross, apparently. It was number five. Mm. Uh, mm. Montana was 49th. Uh, mm. But last was Alaska. One of the Dakotas. Alaska. See, I, wanted to, I wanted to say Alaska, but I... Ah. Yep, 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 Alaska. But, like, I just, I mean... So they, they've got Maryland on this list at 22. Mm -hmm. And Virginia's number one. You think Maryland's nastier than Virginia? Well, there's no way Virginia's that much grosser than Maryland. Like, if Maryland, I think you're a little, I think you're a little biased. I am, but but like, if, <laughs> if Maryland was like 22 and Virginia was 21, okay, I'll accept that. But 22 yeah. spaces in between, come on. There's no way a state that brags as much as Maryland does about having crabs isn't gross. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So there. true. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Nirva Nevada was 45. 45. Well, I guess outside of Las Vegas, there's really, like, nothing in Nevada. Like, Yeah. You know. But having but Las Vegas should raise... Having Las Vegas should raise your state at least 20 spots. Just Las Vegas. Come on. Come on. It's pretty gross. It's pretty That's gross. That's true. I mean, it's got to make up for... Something you know for all the rest of their emptiness just consolidated into that space. Yes, a heavy, dense area of gross. Definitely, definitely. Uh, no, uh, don't get that confused, listeners. It's fun, gross. It's just gross. Okay, it's fun, but it's still gross. That's a fact. Regardless, Dave, I want the listeners to know that their mm -hmm. suspicions about me are validated. Word. According to Zipia. I'm about as gross as you can get. I have mm. lived in the two grossest states in America. I was born in Dirty the grossest man. straight of uh, grossest state you of America, it. 
And I definitely had an effect on that. I lived for eight years in the second gross estate in America, which is South Carolina. So there mm. you go. Two gross states, one and two. And then the third gross estate is in between them, North Carolina. One, two, and three. Oh, man. Right there. They did, they did the East Coast dirty. They did. Dirty, dirty. They did. I, I think uh, New Jersey was like six. Uh, like I said, wh- wh- what's so great about Maryland? Well, come on. Come on. Where, 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 how does Maryland yeah, get out of that? It's not that much different than any of the other ones. That no. List. No. I, I, I am going to refute this. I am going to make my own pointless survey and find out who the great, grossest state really is. Hmm. There you go. It is, It'll be just a reliable source as Exactly. Zipio. And I can tell you in my study, Virginia will be in the top 25, not the bottom. Okay. God, <laughs> there's a reason it's for Virginia's for lovers. Get they it? They love being clean. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Not because of the high <laughs> rates. Anyways. Wait. What? Okay. Now that we have solidified that I am gross and Florida is not, are you ready to fire the show up, Dave? Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Okay. All right, Dave, we have a fantastic show today. Fantastic group. Of course. Missio is on the show. These guys nice. Making all kinds of great music. I mean, you know, I, I like I like to brag about our our guest monthly mm-hmm. listeners. And mm-hmm. these guys have two and a half uh, million monthly listeners on wow. Spotify. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. They've created. They've got so many monthly listeners. They have the Missio Mafia. Say what? That's their. Oh, I like that, that. Yeah, that's their fan club. It's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. I can't wait to talk to these guys. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Dave. Uh, birthday suits this week. Not good. Uh, well, they're oh. they're they're really good. They're good not ones. good for you. Just not not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Nope. So this actually, I think the first one is the highest ranked one I have, and it's not that great. It's seventy five percent. They're all musicians. To go ahead and give you that, as we know, that's not a wheelhouse for Dave. So oh, I'm terrible. So okay, true. here we go. Born on May twenty sixth, nineteen seventy five, in Newark, New Jersey. Her mother Mm -hmm. was an English teacher and her father was a computer consultant. But despite their jobs, she said her house was constantly filled with music. That's right. Curtis Mayfield, Aretha Franklin, Stevie Wonder, these type of artists were always playing in the house. While in high school, she was approached by a classmate, Proz, about creating a musical group. They made the musical group and titled it Translator Crew. Then Praz's cousin, Wyclef Jean, joined the group. The group decided to rename themselves the Fugees. They released their first album, Blunted on Reality. Their second album, The Score, in 1996, rocketed to success, achieving number one on the Billboard charts. Singles included Fuji La, Ready or Not, No Woman, No Cry, and Killing Me Softly. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer split with the Fugees in 1997 and began a relationship with Rohan Marley, one of Bob Marley's sons. 
Our birthday mm. Sue Ware recorded her debut album in Tough Gong Studios in Jamaica. The album was released in 1998 and was a huge, huge success. It reached number one on the Billboard charts. It sold over 20 million copies worldwide. Nice. It had the songs Doo-Wop and Everything is Everything. In the 1999 Grammys, our birthday suit wear was nominated 10 times, Jeez, which was a record dang. for a female artist at one Grammy award ceremony. She ended up winning five of those Grammys, which was also, at the time, a record Jeez. at the Grammys. While her debut album was amazing, she never released another full-length album until this day, 22 mm. years later. Name that birthday suit wearer. Man, I am stunned. I don't know this one. Girl, come on! Um, I don't even have an idea of who the let, lady is. Let me give you her initials. We'll see if that helps any. L.H. Mm-mm. Nothing. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Have you heard nope. of Lauren Hill? No? Nope. No, I know you've heard of the Fuji's uh the, the, the Fuji songs. I recognize those songs that you named, but yeah. I couldn't have told you who the girl was. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's Lauren Hill, uh, man. Consider uncultured. Consider Dang. one of the best uh really, I, I'm surprised how many people consider her a great rapper. Um oh. which I mean she had a lot of great raps in the Fuji's. But she only had that one album, or well, two albums with the Fugees, uh, yeah. and and in her on her debut album, it was much more singing. There wasn't nearly as much rapping, so you know, uh, I was surprised. That's but, part of my homework to listen to. Her. Yeah. Oh man, oh man, it's good stuff. Uh, I, now I I would push you more in the in the Fugees direction. So true. I love <laughs> I I love that album. Their second album, yeah. there, the score. Woo! The score. Okay. What, what a what a '90s classic right there. That that'll is, be part of my uh, Charlotte drive this weekend. I I think that has to be top ten uh, hip hop albums of the '90s, which is a big statement because there's oh yeah a ton that's in the there. that's the golden era. Yeah, there, there's a ton in there, but I think that one might have to make it up there because that really in like '96 was one of the few albums that wasn't gangster rap that was yeah. uh, such an amazing album like just and it it made it made new york rap so multi-dimensional because uh mm -hmm. at the time wasn't so multi-dimensional amazing right. amazing so uh let's see she's turning the big four six lauren four, hill six lauren hill happy birthday and i think she has like five kids with uh with uh bob, bob marley's, marley's son kid yeah Pretty cool. Yeah, but they're not they're not uh, together anymore. But they have like five mm. kids. And oddly enough, I had no idea about this. Rohan Marley played football <laughs> at the University of Miami with uh, The Rock. Huh? Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. What? Dang. Weird. So are they? Bo so they're boys then? I I guess. Yeah, I, I they guess. Gotta be. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know how close they keep in touch, but I guess yeah. you would think. Anyways. Dave, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip it, Doc. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. Uh, let's start with this story. I saw this story on Monday, and uh, mm -hmm. I haven't checked up on it since because uh, I feared it wouldn't be as funny if I saw the story updated. So Word. I just <laughs> didn't look at it after then. Uh 
Okay. So let me ask you if you've ever been in this situation, Dave. You're uh, going mm-hmm. hard at a nightclub, and yeah. uh, you realize... Yes, I've been in that situation. You might be a little too inebriated, so when you leave the club, you uh-huh. decide to take a nap in the back of a truck, and then said uh-huh. truck is stolen. Have you have you ever ran into oh, that scenario? Man. No, okay. I've only made it out to the parking lot. <laughs> passed out. <laughs> well, you know, that's yeah. I'll get there. That's what you would think. Uh, so apparently, that's exactly what happened to Louis Balderas Garcia in Austin, Texas. Man, he left Club Lobos at five thirty-seven a.m. So he was oh, going. Jeez, that's that's all night long. Type he was thing. going. Oh man! And he got into the bed of a truck. Now this is what's weird because it does not say who owned the truck. Hmm. In the article, yeah. it just says a truck. Like mm. it doesn't say if it's his truck or someone else's like truck. Anyone's truck. And yeah. then it says then the truck was stolen. Hmm. So uh, as of Monday, no one had found Lewis. Um, and oh, like I said, I hadn't <laughs> checked since then. It might make it a little bit less fun of a story. So true. But like, I think my first try, the first question's got to be, like, did he just hop into the back of someone else's truck? Like, yeah, no, that, I think that's exactly it. He was, you know, stumbling, and he said, "I'm gonna lay down here." The truck bed was probably like accidentally down, and well, who knows how they do it in Texas? Is- you know, they're probably tailgating in the parking lot for the club but you know he's he goes to sleep and next thing you know someone's driving home from the club and they don't they don't think to look back there man well i mean they said it was stolen too that was the thing is i'm like did the people that stole the truck look back there and be like oh yeah who cares let's take it with this guy in here like well Oh man, I think we need to do a follow up. We on, will. Next time on the dark we will. Yeah, thank. I don't know if I'll be able to sleep, hey, not knowing if Lewis. Hang is okay. in there, Lewis. Yes. Hang in there, man. What? Yes. Whatever happened, man. Golly, you know sometimes. Well, you don't, but man, those those nights where you just wake up and you're like, "Holy, where am I? How did that happen?" Mm. But Lewis. But at least you're. At least you're somewhere where, like you, like you know, it's your room or the couch or whatever. Yeah, Lewis woke but, up in another oh, state man. with two people driving, uh, not his truck. What? And he was like, huh? He was all taped up what? or something. Oh, god. All right, Dave. Uh, a restaurant in Atlanta has been getting some serious blowback over this past week for uh, not allowing Dominique Wilkins to eat in their restaurant. Huh? Wow. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So the human highlight reel was trying to eat at La Bibloque uh, in mm. Atlanta, in the uh, uh, Buckhead region of Atlanta, and was turned mm-hmm. away. Dominique tweeted wow. uh, this. In many years in the world, I have eaten at some of the greatest restaurants in the world, but I have never felt prejudiced or been turned away because of the color of my skin until today in Atlanta at La Bill Bill Bouquet. Yes. Yes. Now, wow. Now, initially, the restaurant only released a statement regarding their dress code, right? So mm-hmm. they, they tried to make it seem like it was just a dress code issue. They just posted like their dress code. And uh, then yeah. they later came out with another announcement the next day saying, quote, we want to apologize 
to Mr. Wilkins for his experience at a restaurant and also for any confusion our dress code may have caused. Hmm. We in no way intended for him to feel unwanted and welcome an open dialogue with him. So, Dave, first off, we all know uh, if entrance to a restaurant based on uh, is based on race, that's disgusting and dumb and should never yeah. happen. But second of all, let me clearly say, all restaurants with a dress code, okay? Literally, like, like so stupid. That's, I mean, they said in their statement, we in no way intended for him to feel unwanted. Uh, yeah, you did. That's all. No, that's exactly That's it. all dress codes do. They make people wearing certain clothes feel unwanted. That's... And I hate when they, like... Uh, stereotype and they it's like you can't wear certain yeah. things and it's like well you know what type of people wear those yeah. things and, and that's what you don't want yeah and a dress code here, here, here's here's how stringent a dress code should be uh, shirt and pants maybe so true that's that that's a, that's what a dress code should be alright like I mean what you're telling me is I've got to meet your code to pay for your food like I don't care who you are. Right. You don't make food that good. Nope. No, if you're going to spend $100 on a meal, you know, whether you're wearing a basketball jersey and flip-flops or a suit, $100 is $100. Exactly. There's too many restaurants in Atlanta that make great food that don't ask me to dress a certain way. Nope. Uh, here's a couple. The Busy Bee? Yeah, they don't ask me to dress a certain Ooh. way. Mary, they sure don't. Mary Max? No, they don't ask me to dress a certain way. Richard Southern Fried? Mm-mm. Not them. Fat Matt's Rib Shack? Nope. JR Crickets? Nope. Fox Brothers Barbecue? Nope. Pascal's? Nope. Dave, I've got pages of these. They could keep going. Yeah, you, you could go on and on. They could keep going. There's plenty of amazing restaurants in Atlanta. Uh, Dominique, don't worry. You don't have to eat at that weird fr French restaurant with all their requirements. No, thank you. French food sucks anyway. No, thank you. America. America! Uh, Dave, let me give you a reason uh, from our earlier monologue there uh, to up the grossness factor of two states. Florida okay. and Minnesota in in one story. So, uh, police in Mankato, Minnesota, were called to a car dealership because a woman in the back of a truck on their property uh, mm -hmm. was, as the article says, behaving crudely. Word. When the police oh. arrived, they found the 35-year-old woman... <laughs> With her feet in the air, practicing, as they put it, self-care. Hmm. Oh. As the police officers oh. tried to get her out of the truck, she kept telling officers, Nah, I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Word. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Nah, I'm almost there. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, apparently, it was a very long time before she was there because it took her an hour before <laughs> she got out of the truck. Uh, the officers got her out of the truck. Now, when they ran her information, they mm -hmm. found that she wasn't from Florida. <laughs> she she lived relatively close to the dealership. Mm, so That's funny. First off... How did she end up at the car dealership doing this? Like, how was the, that the place 
Like, right. Like, why are you leaving your house? She must really <laughs> love new car smell, Dave. Like, I don't know. Uh, what It really gets her in the mood. <laughs> like, second, really, like, did she really think she was in Florida or did she just think that that would, like, get her off the hook? If she was like, hey, guys, I'm in Florida. And the cops would be like, oh, that makes sense. It's totally allowed in Florida. All right, we'll see you later. Enjoy. Man. Like, <laughs> just weird. Hmm. Weird, weird, weird. So, you know, Minnesota, Florida, we're both gross. What can you do? Um, oh, ooh, nice. Dave, got a little uh, got a little local local news here. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you might, you might have heard this one. I don't know. Happened last week on Friday. At the Wells mm-hmm. Fargo on Lenox Ave. Hmm. Right, right up the street from the Honda dealership, I used to go. Where I can proudly say I never did what that lady in Minnesota did. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. I didn't do yeah, that. Thank you for saving us that uh, experience. Now, also, image. listeners, that was, of course, before my Honda was totally wrecked, which I discussed on this very show about two years ago. It's about uh, even two years ago. Anywho, anywho, it's not about that Honda dealership. I got sidetracked. Girl, come on. A dude walked into the Wells Fargo just before 1 p.m., walked up to mm-hmm. the teller with a gun and demanded money. Mm-hmm. The teller looked at the man, looked at the gun, decided the gun wasn't real, and said, yeah, I'm not going to give you any money. Wait, what? The, oh, wow. the man then turned around and just walked out of the bank. And... Damn. The teller then walked over to the Florida trooper who was working the lobby of the bank, who then walked outside, stopped the man in the parking lot, and arrested him. Um, uh, poor guy. Now, now, Dave, I think you know my policy in this situation. Uh, as soon as that dude says hand up, all a friend. No, no, not 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 for the <laughs> not for the guy that tried to steal the uh, money, but for the teller. Yeah. If I'm the teller, as soon as that dude says hand over the money and he's got a gun, you do it. Yes, no you questions. All the money. Yeah, no. Here's everything yeah. I've got. So true. I mean, seriously, listeners, run through what's the incentive for this teller not to give them the money? Like a pat on. The- Back. And not even that. Literally. Not even that. The, the, the bank's not going to give you a bonus for that because they. No, you get a pat. That's it. They don't know that. For... They don't even want to give you a pat. In fact, I guarantee you their training tells tells those tellers give the perp the money. Why? Yeah. Because they don't want to pay some civil suit uh, to your family when your dumbass gets shot. They don't want to have yep. to do that. So just give them the money, man. Like I don't, I don't understand what why people feel like. Why do you feel like you're getting shown up by this dude? Like who cares? Here, here, here's all the money. You want what I got in my wallet? Here, take that too. Like I give you everything. Like jeez, what? <laughs> like, but I do have to say though, it does just make me laugh thinking of this dude being like, "Give me all your money." What do you think he looked like? I don't like the, the guy the the guy that said no I'm not going to give it to you. I don't know. You think he I was like, buff? You think no, he was no, short? No, no. I like chubby? I like to think it was an old lady. <laughs> she was just like, no. And <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, one of those ladies that's seen way too much in her life and she just doesn't like she's care. Like a cafeteria yeah. lunch lady. Almost. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. "Give me all your money." And she's just like, 
Not going to happen. You're like, can I get a little bit of extra mac and cheese? And she's nope. like, no. Extra turd. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. That, that's what I imagine. And then she just... Ca- that's awesome. Then she just... That makes it way better. Casually strolled over to the, the, uh, the uh, trooper and was like, hey, that guy tried to rob us just now, so you might want to go arrest him. All right, I'm going to go back. And just goes back. See, I, w- I was imagining like a short... Like, not too old, but a short, like fat guy that was losing his hair like balding mm. and he was like trying to like you know prove how tough he was Mm-mm. or whatever now but the cafeteria lady makes it way yeah better. no it's gotta it's gotta be a, a a lady that just doesn't give an f that's her policy yeah. like yeah she's past that she's like past 75 she probably so like the the person <laughs> before him that came up there was like asking for something they didn't have approval for anyway so she's already ticked off and then he came up and yes. was like hey give me all your money and she's like no Oh, oh, I didn't know that was a possibility. All right, sorry about that. All right, I'll just leave. Whoops. Uh, okay, uh, Dave, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> um, Dave, you're ready for a headline from CNN? Oh, yeah. Quote, canceling Tokyo Olympics is essentially off the table, says IOC member Dick Pound. Huh? No way. Yes. Yes way. That's awesome. Come on, CNN. <laughs> you could have easily just said cancel. Put Richard. You could well you they could have easily said Tokyo Olympics is essentially off the table says IOC member. The end. Yeah. There's yeah. no other reason to include that name besides the fact that it was Dick Pound. Okay? Dick Pound, you're getting the clicks, dog. If, if that had been Fred Smithfield, you probably never would have even heard his name mentioned in the article. They would have just been like some dude, I don't know. Right. Who cares? Dick Pound getting all the headlines. Oh, come on. Come on now. Okay, we'll end uh we'll end with this one, Dave. Uh do you recall okay. any first date scenarios you've been on? Hmm. Um sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about them? Uh, like you like Well, uh I, I I can tell you I, I don't really remember too many. I haven't been on too many. Nope. I I usually when I fall into a relationship, it's sort of like haphazardly. It's not mm-hmm. designed well, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, we're 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 going out now. Oh, that happened. Mm. You know, one of those things. It's not like this organized. You know me. I'm not organized, so it doesn't really happen like that. Nope. So anywho. This next situation, I can tell you, even with the limited amount of experience I have with first dates, Mm -hmm. not a good one. This is something you should not try to do. Um, I feel like this had a lot of awkwardness for this next lady. So uh, you can't have an awkward first date. Well, oh. well, this was Bellevue. That doesn't lead to a second. <laughs> no. Well, this one led to jail. Hmm. So oh, um, nice. So this was in Bellevue, Washington. And uh, this lady had a date with a guy on May 13th, and they were apparently meeting up for the date at the mall at Lincoln Square. Uh, Everything was going okay until the man pulled out some chalk and started writing things in various places outside Lincoln Square on public property. And that's when the woman in the police report said she got, quote, nervous yeah oh yeah for instance uh dave he wrote on the wall quote 
suicide bombing in the mall, end quote. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Dave, as I mentioned, I'm no expert on first dates, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say safely that if you make bomb threats in chalk on a first date, not a good activity. Not. Mm-mm. Not. Nope. Not. Kayla and I went to the brewery that allowed dogs in. So That's better. That's much yes. safer. Uh, much less uh, police uh, potential as far as getting arrested. Uh, right. I also wonder, this is another one though, Dave, that I gotta wonder, did he plan this? Or was that like a spur of the moment thing? Was he? You think like uh, he wanted her as an accomplice? Well, yeah, like did he think he was gonna pull that chalk out and she's gonna be like, "Oh my God, I love doing this too." Yes. yes! She's like, "Oh, you like putting threatening messages yeah, in chalk as great. well?" Sweet. Oh my God, let's set up the second date right away. Like, what? Did, or was it? He was just like, "Oh, let's check our calendars." See, like I, I still got this chalk in my pocket. Might as well, like. So weird. Anyways, he was arrested for bomb threats, Dave. Uh, Good. Dave, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, Missio. This is Bottom of the Deep Blue Sea right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we would appreciate it if you took the few seconds out of your day mm-hmm. and went on your pad co- podcast downloading um, app mm-hmm. and download the Doc G Show. Mm. Give us a five-star rating. Comment something. We would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that, you can then hop while it's downloading or whatever. You can go to the Instagram mm-hmm. at Doc G Show. Mm-hmm. You can also check out the website www.thedocgshow.com. Yes, to see future guests, schedule, yes. other stuff. Doc's got up there yes. for you. Yes, Amen. 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 For a second there, when you said podcast. You had a little bit of a yeah. pad. I thought you were going to say something about pad tie. Hmm. For some reason, oh, I, I don't. Uh, that would have been a, that would have been a way better uh, <laughs> segue. When you get a chance, go get some pad tie, you guys. Try it out. The pad end. tie with the pad cast. That's it. <laughs> pad cast. You turned into a Bostonite there for a second. I know. Freaking. Get your pad cast. Get it. Uh, Pocket cow, I listen to the podcast. Pad, you turn huh? there. You, I don't, I don't know what that that accent turned into. There, there, oh. it turned into like a weird English yeah, just, British. I, I drank some, I drank some water, and it uh, just messed up. I'm, I'm mm. just gonna stop. Okay, we'll stop now. <laughs> we'll stop now. But we do need to start with the shoutouts. So. Yes, I've got the regulars, and then I'm going to give a rundown of the internationals, too, because we had a real solid international week this week. Heck yeah. Okay, so first on the regulars. Here we go. One breath. 
Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Anoka, Minnesota, Radford, Virginia, Moscow, Russia, Boardman, Oregon, Columbus, Georgia, Genoa, Italy, Peoria, Illinois, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dublin, Ireland, Barcelona, Spain, San Diego, California. Shout out. Shout out. Boom. Shout out. Thank nice you, guys. One. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the regulars on there. Very happy with those guys. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Um, of course. Now, here we go. International listeners. Let's give a shout out to these countries. Here we go. Shout out to Russia, Finland, Canada, United Kingdom, Germany, Mexico, Algeria, Denmark, Portugal, Vanuatu, Spain, Morocco, Brazil, Switzerland, French Polynesia, Italy, Iran, Japan, Vietnam. Shout yes. Out. Oh, yes. look at that. That is impressive. Very good international week this week. Uh, lots of folks listening. All around the dang globe. Yeah, I mean, we had we had almost... It always seems like this. Come on, New Zealand and Australia. Girl, come what, on. What's up with you guys? Whenever everybody else is listening, you guys aren't. Come on. Get in the game, guys. Get in the game down under. Do it. Do it. Okay, give a couple of uh, special shout-outs here, Dave. Casablanca, Morocco. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Got to be honest, it's way bigger than I thought. Yes! I don't know what I thought about Casablanca, but I... That's what I say. I, I don't really have a size in my head. Just just give, give a wild guess. What do you think? How many how many people? Hmm. Um, 350,000. 4.27 million. Jeez. Yeah. Yep, more than I thought. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. I, I took some looks at, at at pictures and whatnot. Looks pretty awesome. I want to go to Casablanca. Looks nice. Put it on the list. Yeah, put it down. Put it down, folks. Put it down. I'm putting it on my list. Uh, next shout out to Tijuana, Mexico. Shout out. Tijuana. Tijuana Flats. Mm. Yeah, well, Tijuana, Mexico. I think we all remember. Awesome story of a dude trying to buy a baby tiger and then sneak it across into Yes. <laughs> still, exactly. Yeah, still one of my favorites. Just oh, just the the hilarity. It's a kitten. The, yeah, uh, it's just regular cat. Uh, that that has stripes and and it's yep. it's growling. So, I th I think it's a tiger. Also, it weighs 15 pounds already. So, and it, <laughs> its paws are the size of my head. So, uh yeah. Uh, next, shout out to Boulder, Colorado. Shout out. Yeah. Ooh. Never been to Boulder. Boulder either. You know? I've never been to Colorado. I've been to Colorado several times. Uh, just basically Denver. And sometimes I go a little bit yeah. outside of Denver, but uh, pretty much always mm -hmm. Denver. Uh, Heard good things about the whole state. You know, uh, if people if people will will really upsell it if you're if you're an, a fan of the outdoors. They're gonna be like, oh my god, you gotta go to Colorado. You will have the greatest time of your life. Word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think they upsell it a little bit. I, I wouldn't go that okay. far. It's nice. Don't get me wrong, Colorado. You're not on the gross and list. And there go our listeners from Colorado. <laughs> no, no, Colorado. It's nice, okay? But uh, you know, I mean, it's like it's like I, it's like I told Doc is basically saying mountains are mountains. Well, it's like I told somebody before. Uh, you don't really have to sell somebody on how nice uh, a really nice, really really nice place is. Like for instance, when people. Uh, say they're going to San Diego, normally a person who's mm -hmm. talking to them will just be like, oh, have fun. Like they don't even, like they don't even are like, yeah. you know, or they go, oh man, I'm so jealous. 
right? I love San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, but when when I, when I say I'm going to Colorado, people are always just like, "Oh my God, do, do you like yeah. do you like mountains?" Uh, yeah. Oh, here's going to here's what oh, you got to do here, yeah. and like they just start trying. Like all of a sudden, they become a used car salesman for Colorado, and I'm like, what? Right. Come on now. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate the lessons, Colorado. Thank you for course, listening. Man. Keep listening. Um, despite my just detraction from your state. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay, Dave. Lastly, shout out Norwich United Kingdom. Shout out. Home of nice. Ida May, Miss Chris Turpin, Stephanie Jean. Uh, oh, let's go. Maybe it was them listening. I don't know. I don't know. Could have been. We need to have them on the show again. They need to come on. Yes, I, I, I would. I would really appreciate it, guys. Think about it. Uh, okay, Dave. Uh, thank you to all the listeners out there. Before we move on, yes, we appreciate it. Each and every one of you, of course, of course. Dave, a uh, couple of uh, short stories, real quick here. Uh, this <laughs> one's a headline. Dave, do you remember last week when we had the story from Slate? About the sun and the vacuum cleaner. Hmm. Yes, yes, we're doing nasty things. <laughs> we've got, we've got another, we've got another story. This time, asking again for advice. This is another advice one. Uh, here, mm-hmm. here's the, um, here's the, the title. My parents blew my college fund on a failed business. I'm livid, uh... but I'm also, I also feel greedy. End quote. Word. Okay. So I think I've got pretty solid advice for this situation, Dave. Um, it's going to be really difficult to put into practice, but if they execute it, it'll get them out of this jam perfectly. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Get better parents. Okay, there Ooh, it is. There. Dang. <laughs> that's, dang. That's, that's they're trying the American dream, and Doc said the dream's not for you hey, guys. You got kids. Think about your kids before you try living the American dream, huh? Girl, come on. Anyways, I hope it works out for you, person that's in debt. I'm sorry. Uh, yep, we're there for you. That's a fact. Dave, have you ever hit up an IHOP? Hmm. Oh, dude, at every hour of the day. Oh, wow. That's a lot of IHOPing. I Um, love IHOP. Now, have you ever thought up about hitting up an IHOP, but then you were like, oh, man, sounds a little too classy right now for me. Yeah, I don't feel like (laughs) sitting in the diner, so I'm going to go through the drive-thru at McDonald's. Yeah, apparently (laughs) IHOP has thought this has happened to folks like yourself. Jeez. Yeah. Because they have now created Flipped. Ooh. A fast, casual spinoff of IHOP. Wow. They really just need to add an existing drive through to their building. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need to open a whole new restaurant. Well, I, I sort of, yeah, like, I sort of wondered. I was like, you know, is there anybody actually like Dave that's been thinking, man, if this place was just a little faster and skankier than IHOP. And then I started thinking about that. I was like... That's isn't Waffle that, House. I was about to say, yes. <laughs> Come on, isn't that Waffle House? Don't impede on their that, property. That niche I is hope. already there. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Waffle House is the place to go. Yes. Uh, Dave, the Mega Millions jackpot mm-hmm. in Arkansas is mm-hmm. up to five hundred and fifteen million dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, so Fox Channel 16 in in Arkansas released Mm -hmm. a story suggesting 
how people could spend their earnings in Arkansas. Wow. Now, with re- without reading their list, Dave, and no offense to Arkansas, I've already offended Colorado. Here we but, go. <laughs> and Maryland. But couldn't you buy that state with $515 million? Yay. Like, it's Arkansas. Come on, man. Like, five fifteen. That's just a little bit too much for a lottery. I yeah, mean, I don't know. I, like, what is it? Like, what big things are in Arkansas, really, other than the University of Arkansas? You got, you got Little Rock. Yeah, that's that's Little Rock. That's basically. And that's then the it. rest of the state, nothing. So you could buy the school. Yeah, you could. You could <laughs> go in and make it a private institution. Right. That would be nice. That's that's what I suggest. Of Arkansas, go buy University you of can Arkansas. Buy the worst team in the SEC. Yep. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Shots fired, Dave. Okay, they usually are. Um, okay, uh, Dave, we got our second birthday suit here. Now, right. with the second one, uh, both of these aren't that good. Like I said, yeah. I've got one at thirty-five and one at forty. So, which one it do you want to go? It doesn't with? matter. Just give it to me. Okay, we're gonna go this with maybe the thirty-five a 0 for three day. It could be. I, I'm I'm leaning that way. Uh, born on May twenty-six, nineteen twenty-six. Oh, in, in Alton, Illinois, near St. Louis, our birthday suit wearer was attracted to music at an early age, especially big band and gospel. Mm-hmm. One of his dad's uh, friends, John Eubanks. Gave him a trumpet. Hmm. He then started taking lessons from Elwood Buchanan. By the age of 12, he had be- it, uh, trumpet had become one of the most important things in our birthday suit wearer's life. Mm-hmm. In 1944, our birthday suit wearer moved to New York City to go to the Juilliard School for trumpet. Mm. Nice. He spent three semesters there before dropping out and focusing on becoming a full-time musician. In 1945, mm-hmm. he replaced Dizzy Gillespie in Charlie Parker's Quintet musical. In 1949, mm-hmm. he signed a deal with Capitol Records. Nice. Throughout the next year, he recorded 12 songs that would eventually become one of his landmark albums, The Birth of Cool. He switched How do to. I not know The Birth of Cool. Yeah. He switched to Blue Note Records and recorded the albums Blue Haze, Bags, Groove, walking in 1950, uh, and walking in. Sorry, I added the year. Walking in in 1956 and 57. Then in 57, he released perhaps and arguably his one of his most popular albums, Round Midnight. Hmm. And then in 1959, his biggest album of his career, Kind of Blue which has gone on to sell millions of albums. In all, our birthday suit wearer released 54 albums during his lifetime. Jeez. He wow. was nominated for 32 Grammys. He won eight. He's in the Hollywood Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is considered by many to be the most influential in the history of jazz. Name that birthday suit wearer. Dang, I got no idea. Nothing. Zilch. Would would MD, the 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 initials MD do anything? Hmm. No. Nope. How about this? Nope. First name, Miles. What's the last name? Uh D- 
Davis sounds like there it is. Miles Davis is correct. Yes, he got 50% listeners. He got the last name. He did it. He did it. Miles Davis. That is correct. Yes, one of the best. Uh, jazz musicians. I'm right here in the studio looking at one of his albums right now. Look at right that. Now. There it Look is. Look at that. Birth of Cool Man. That was sort of a. That was an old release because he, re- like I said, he recorded those al- uh, those songs mm-hmm. in 1950, but he didn't release them until 57. So. Wild. You imagine sort of, just sitting on them for seven years. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm guessing it was a whole thing with the with the record company because he mm-hmm. switched from uh, Capital right. to uh, Blue it. Note. Yeah. yeah, one of those deals. But no doubt, Miles Davis is one of the most influential. Not not just jazz. One of the most influential uh, artists of the of the 20th century. Uh, yeah, man. for sure, for sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of hip hop artists. I think I want to say Kendrick Lamar mentioned him as far as being a, a, a big influence on oh. some, some of his music. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot a lot of the hip-hop artists that uh, sort of border on jazz in their delivery, where they have a very improv flow and sort of skip over and back and forth and don't have extremely you know, uh, synchronized rhythms. They usually, mm-hmm. they usually cite folks like Miles Davis and his improvised jazz. So... You know, big deal, big deal. He would have turned uh, 95 uh, today. He he died, at, I want to say 94, I do believe. He passed away in 94. Um, R.I.P. Miles. But Legend. Would, would have been 90, uh, 90, uh, 95. No, 91. He passed away at 91. So there you go. Uh, by the way, his hairdo in the in the 80s was wild. If anybody gets a chance, wait, what? Check out his hairdo in the 1980s. It was a interesting like uh, perm deal. Ooh. It was very it was very nice. into, he, he sort of had Before like a time. look of like a golden girl. Uh, it was oh, very <laughs> very interesting. Anyway, he's an artist. He's an happy artist. birthday to Miles Davis. We will be right back. With none other than Matt and David from Missio, right here on the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are lucky to be talking to Matt and David of Missio, who just released the Skeleton Part 3 EP about mm, a month ago. Fellas, how's it going? It's going well. It's going really yes. well. Yeah, it's, uh, we're here in Austin, Texas right now. Um, nice. It's starting to get really <laughs> hot. Sorry, am I allowed to say the <laughs> F word here? You're, you're allowed to say it. We okay. will beep it. It's yeah, cool. It's, it's getting really <laughs> hot right now, so it's starting to get ready for that, but it's, it's, it's good. Nice. Nice. Well, I, uh, I noticed you guys just announced that you, you're going to be performing both Summerfest and Firefly. Uh, real deal shows. ACL now, as of today. 
Now, oh wow! Now, now, are those like the first shows that you guys have have scheduled since the pandemic started? Yes, uh, I mean, outside of we played on a live stream, which sort of counts as like maybe twenty five percent of a show, maybe. But mm-hmm. outside of stuff like that, we've done nothing. We were we were in the middle of a European tour actually when the lockdown happened, and we had ended up canceling the second half. So we've been kind of constantly in plans of like hoping to planned tours and it's exciting for us right now to be uh you know as predicted you know by a lot of people festivals is kind of one of the first things to kind of start coming back uh so yeah and i think you know everybody's just kind of planning from there but it's exciting to be thinking about touring again for sure for sure well you mentioned it you know you guys and i'd i'd seen that having to shut down in the middle of a tour in europe and you guys didn't get to play uh russia which is has become one of sort of the hotspots of missio fans there have you yeah have you thought about rescheduling putting on some new russia dates or is that a little bit too soon right now we definitely will uh, yeah yeah it's honestly just being in the music industry a little bit we kind of have to plan a minimum of like a year in advance so mm-hmm. certainly because things are still kind of chaotic over in europe we're still having to postpone a little bit, but we will definitely be back there in 2022 for sure. Just can't give exact dates yet, but uh, nice. that whole story is crazy because uh, I don't know if you've read online about this. We've said it a couple times, but there was a random email that came into a junk box uh, and it happened to be from this person who said, Hey, I'm in very broken English, like biggest Russian promoter. And I want to schedule you. And so we were, we were like, this sounds like a scam. <laughs> sure enough, it happened to be one of the largest promoters in Russia. And they booked us for these two festivals um, in Russia and then one in uh, Ukraine as well. And we went over there and it was like, we had more, more like, how would you describe going over there with where the fans thought we were like royalty? Oh yeah. We were like, what? (laughs) Like, yeah, we're just like, we're just like kind of growing band whatever. We're like, what? There's, there's people at the hotel. (laughs) Wait a second. What? What's cool? What? Yeah. So it's, it's been cool because that has been one of our favorite spots. I mean, literally the festival we played there last time was amazing so yeah cannot wait to go back they 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 seem to love they seem to love music they they definitely are are big fans of any real live music man um i i heard you talking about that uh the the story of sort of shutting down the tour and i had to go back to one point because it, it has a little bit of a relation to our show, and you were talking about Prague, uh, and I heard you saying, like, you were going around Prague, and they they were, like, showing you around the city, but everything had already started shutting down, and so, like, there you were at these tourist sites, and no one was there, and I heard you mention going to a bridge. Was that, a, was that the Charles Bridge? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. The Charles Bridge shares a special place in the Doc G show history. No way. Because five five years ago, we started a segment called Why Would You Review That? And it was based off of the fact that the Charles Bridge has 112,000 reviews on Google. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't believe that. I was like, why, why, why would somebody review a bridge and when you said that i was like oh man 
The guys need to go back and write a review for the bridge oh, and how man. it was empty that day. They need to put it on there. I'll be honest with you. There, there's actually, I think David laughs at me sometimes because I will review, but only upon somebody actually needing that review. Like, <laughs> and so I, I didn't realize that that bridge uh, had that many reviews, but it's, in, it's a pretty incredible bridge, by the way. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. all that to say, we will go back and review the Yes. Bridge, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Do it. We will highlight it on the show. I I just I love the I love the fact though. I mean, like I I get it. I get it. It's there. But like I just I never like anything. It doesn't really matter what it is. I just never feel the need to review. But like you said, if I have a friend that's like got a business or something, I'll review it for them and be like, "Oh, this is a great business. I love this." But like aside from that, I'm just always amazed that somebody's like. Somebody needs to know how I feel about this bridge. <laughs> you know, honest, let them know. I'm like, with you, and for as much as we're on the road, you know, we utilize Yelp so much yeah. to like, mm. and like, there's different like ways. You know, it's like, well, this only had how many reviews does it have? Especially when you're on small towns in the road, there's like systems, yeah, like, trying to give yourself the best chance of having something that's not going to make you sick or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I want to go back real quick to to Summerfest. Because I've sort of wondered this as an artist, like going into one of those festivals, uh, it seems a little chaotic. Like those things seem a little crazy because, yeah. like, there's oh, just yeah. there's so much going on. I mean, I looked at it and there's like, I mean, so many stages, and then there's like, I mean, you've got Missio on on the second of September, and then you got Shaquille O'Neal on the third. <laughs> And then you got drive-by truckers on the 4th. Like, it seems bananas. Is it bananas? Man, honestly, there's nothing that prepared us for playing festival shows. Because to me, I mean, it's nice if you've played a bunch of just shows in general because that's helpful. But, like... So a normal, a normal like at a club show, there's like a very structured schedule and you get your sound check and you get your thing. The festival starts with that usually and then it's like well you maybe you don't get a sound check or you're you get a line check and the first time you actually play together isn't is on like in front of the whole thing you know and it's so mm. it's like it's on and there's just it's just like nobody has rehearsed their parts yeah. uh it, also <laughs> everybody know like not necessarily their musical parts but like the the parts that make the show happen because you're used to doing it a different way for tour and it's just like a from the musician's perspective, there are a million th- moving pieces, and there's also, yeah, there's just a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure. So, yeah, I, yeah. the times where we've had many of our technical issues have been festivals. The hot sun. Yeah, I mean, Outside. yeah, exactly. Just because, like, again, to what David was saying, if we walk into a venue, typically, I mean, we'll start setting up at one, and then we won't mm-hmm. play till ten or eleven sometimes. So. We have a whole day, really, to make sure that all the tech yeah. stuff's set up versus festival. It's like you get it an hour before you oh, go right. on. Yeah. And then it's like, I hope all of our Yeah. Then, well, times it does it. So we're like a suit. We have like a lot of electronic elements and we have MIDI cables running all over the stage. And it's just like, again, in a club, you set your stuff up, you go have dinner and you're like, oh, it's great to know that everything is set up and not yeah. moving right now. But it's like, yeah. at a festival, you just see your stuff in a large pile <laughs> yeah. until right before and then it gets thrown on by like a whole stage crew of people <laughs> that don't really know where everything goes. Yeah. It's so uh, crazy, man. <laughs> but I will say, I have the most fun at festival shows because the crowds 
typically and have more energy and are just like so stoked to be there and yeah. the crowd numbers are a lot bigger too so yeah even though it, it, we can kind of feel far from them because the stages can be really big it's still just an energy i love i mean oh yeah that's my favorite yeah. part about music festivals is like people are there as opposed to a show where people are there to see the headliner well people are a lot of people are there to kind of find new music so they're listening and they're they're experiencing mm-hmm. it and man the experience i've had as a fan and as a musician at festivals are great mm-hmm. you know they're like yeah spiritual you know for sure for sure i mean i i hear that all the time from artists as far as finding new artists that they didn't know they liked when they were actually at the festival and they were like oh man that band's awesome I didn't know. I didn't know that band was awesome. Oh, you know, and so it's it's definitely. It just seems like, yeah, to me, I just like, good lord, I don't know if I'd be able to handle all of that. And I'd be like, guys, we we got to get this under control here. There's too many moving parts. Who's watching all of these things? Yeah. Uh, well, you guys, uh, like you mentioned, uh, you're out of Austin, Texas, and obviously, it's one of the music capitals of the world. Live music going on all the time uh has has that picked back up since the pandemic uh, have you seen it start to increase since the change in cdc guidelines and things like that or is it still lighter than normal you know i'll tell it i i think it's de- oh, without a doubt lighter than normal there are things like you know joe rogan and dave Chappelle are doing stand-up comedy shows at stubs which is a famous music venue that holds two thousand people but they're doing those at like limited capacity there have been a few people yeah and there have been a few people that have done like kind of drive up things early on so there's been a little bit of that stuff but like i i it's it's on the cusp actually i saw like i think they had like a symphony or something play out in in the open lawn for the the city or something so there's some signs but for the most part it's still pretty uh pretty slow yeah for for sure for sure well uh along the line of austin I, i always have to ask this uh if if i come to austin and i call you guys up and i say fellas i'm in austin i need a great place to eat What's your ace in the hole? Okay. Now, David, I heard back in the day that your favorite place was Musashino. Is that still the choice, okay. or well, is there a new champion? Man, let me tell you what. Great. I have to. I would have to fully have a conversation with you and understand your <laughs> mindset in order to maximize your experience. But mm-hmm. for the sushi experience, Musashino, like... I've, the story that I've told is that a lot of the other great uh, Austin, there's a couple other great Austin, uh, Uchi Kobe and one of them, Sushi Plays, a lot of these guys actually trained under the guy that started Mushishino. That's the story that mm. I've told. And so it's a very unassuming place like most of the great Sushi Places, but dope cuts of fish and really, really tasty stuff. So Nice. Know, and then if you want to go in the other direction, because like, I also love like hole-in-the-wall places, um, mm-hmm. The pul- Pulvos is like a homegrown Tex-Mex. Uh, I think they call themselves interior Mexican cuisine, yeah. but this interior. it's Tex-Mex food, and it's like uh, the, it's like kind of like a hole in the wall, but with incredible food and uh, incredible margaritas. And I will say, if you are a ramen fan, we've we've tried ramen all over the world, and there's a place here called Ramen Tatsuya, which mm-hmm. I swear to God, it is 
it's the best ramen. Like, yeah. I've, like I, every time I go somewhere else, I'm like, surely this is better reviewed than ramen tatsu. It's going to be better. And it never is. <laughs> yeah. Ever. And that's actually Man. true. That's one of our things we do on the road is like, I mean, we've probably been to over a hundred ramen places across the world at this point. And <laughs> we'll be like, go get a good cup of a good bowl of ramen. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it stands up. It's a solid, solid choice. Man. So you got three winning options right there. Yeah, I like it. I, and all new, too. I mean, I've had several uh, Austin artists, and, and none of them brought up any of those places. So and if, Just to you clarify, go. if you're uh, going to Polvo's, you want to go to the South First location. None of the downtown, oh, none of the yeah, downtown pretentious stuff, because there's also a downtown location, but that's not how you want to do it. You yeah. want to be like the locals and go down to the gotcha. South First Street location. Yeah. Mm, mm. Inside, local yokels. I like it. I like it. Uh, like art you, you, tables inside. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> it's it's worth it. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I I got them. I got it all down. And next time I'm in Austin, it's happening. But speaking speaking of that, you guys. Uh, well, speaking of Austin, um, I feel like obviously I mentioned it's it's a music town, and we've had several guests on the show from uh austin but but they're not in the same vein as you guys you know I, I we've had mike and the moon pies on and reckless kelly and white denim and band of heathens but all of those guys are more americana country yeah white denim may be a little bit outside of that but still do, do you got did you guys feel out of place when you started actually like putting out a lot of music or is austin just such a big music city that it doesn't matter what type of music you play. You're going to find people that want to hear it. I feel like, personally, from the beginning, we've been very out of place. Um, mm. Just because the electronic scene, as far as we know, is not big here. Um, yeah. And there's uh, there's not a, a lot of like bigger bands that come out of Austin, oddly enough, with how music-centric Austin is. So yeah. Our start was we got uh, started online with blogs, but overseas and so like typically people will start organically uh, in their own city and then a grassroots like spreads out it was the yeah. opposite for us where it started outwards and then kind of came inwards and it became a little bit of a problem with um some music people here because they were like wait a minute you guys are on alt nation who who are you like we've never heard of you like you haven't really played shows around town like what what yeah. is going on who is this band um and i feel like as we've just lived here a little bit longer and as austin continues to grow we've been able to create a better name for ourselves here but i still personally feel like we're an outlier um just because mm. the genre is not really here yet yeah the one yeah. the one thing that i think i uh, we've tried to tie ourselves in and make sense of how why we fit here and the one thing that to me uh when you dig in is just the songwriting like that's the thing mm. that, song, that austin has it's like it's not a commercial place. It's like nothing commercial, whether it's music or a restaurant, nothing commercial works here. Like they mm -hmm. just literally go out of business. I mean, I remember the Hard Rock Cafe being downtown and it's just like no one wants to go to some commercial place. They want. So that's why we fit in because we're like constantly left to center. We're like always kind of like hard to put in a genre. And it's like in a sense, that's what most of the dope. Austin artists have all stood for all the way back to like Willie Nelson and being like, wait, this guy's country music. What the, what? You know, yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, you know, he is, he is country music, but he's also so much more than that. And so 
he's austin yeah but austin's also changing man it's like being living here in the city and seeing how even in the last 10 years it's gone from like five years years, (laughs) sure um it, it is like drastically changing going from a little small city that never was really taken that seriously in Texas to, like, a major powerhouse now. Kind of the place yeah. to be, you know? Uh, there was one time we went on tour, and we it was it was a longer tour, I think, like, two months, and we came back, and there was a whole new Skyrise just put Yeah. Up. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so it truly... That was fast. It's changing so quickly. Yeah. 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 Well, now, <clears throat> if, if you go back to that start of Missio... And, and well, and before Missio, uh, Matt, you you got started in in music, just sort of out of being forced into music. Apparently, your your parents made you play an instrument, uh, but you didn't really start. And I heard you sort of started your songwriting. Uh, you didn't really start that until about eighteen. And I heard you mention really the primary reason you started that was to help yourself through the rehab process you were going through at the time. So, you know, I, I found that real interesting because, you know, that there seems like there was no aspiration there of obviously like playing stadiums. It was more therapy yeah. than anything else. Was that, I mean, the main reason that you, you started writing and continued writing? Yes, definitely. I actually, to kind of bring back our conversation from earlier, I felt like I was ex- I had a, an extreme lack of imbalance at the time and mm. I was so I, I in that moment I, it was like this turning point for me where I was like I'm a, I am officially on my own and I can make a choice right now do I want to go down the drug path or do I want to try to better myself and I had no outlet at the time because we were in rehab. There's, you know, you're depressed. You're just like, why am I here? What is happening? And all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I picked up an acoustic guitar and I just was able to just kind of, it's like it became extremely meditative for me. I was like, oh, this is, this is the balance that's going to help me out because it was like getting some of these dark things that I was hiding and holding in out onto paper. Nice. And it, it turned into this thing because I originally wanted to be a pilot, like which is so hmm. random. But uh, to go from that to then, like I know what this feeling is that I get when I write songs, and I know how it helps impact my life to be better. And therefore, I want to just do all that I can to put my effort into that stuff. So nice. it really was like it truly was not about like the money and the radio success and all that stuff early, early on. It was just about like. This is genuinely helping me be a better person. Um, yeah, and and then obviously just from spending a, a time just learning how to be a better songwriter, I think um, it helped when I met David and when I met Dwight and just because they have helped me grow in my own songwriting and just production and, and stuff like that. That has only helped kind of that balance of of even today when I want to use. Guess what I do when I want to use now? I'll open my laptop and I write a song. <laughs> like, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I can't even share the extreme gratitude I have towards, towards just music and the ability to songwrite because it, it is, it's truly changed my life. Nice. nice. Well, David, I mean, going back to, you know, Matt wanting to be a pilot, you, I heard, didn't really want to be a pilot. Heard, I heard when you were young, you were, you were all about tennis. I've heard you mention that a couple times. Uh, how, how good were you at tennis 
And can, can you still tear it up on the court right now if we were to go out to the court? Dude, like, I trained very hard in tennis, and I love it deeply with a passion. It was like I grew up in an academic-type sports household, so music and art wasn't really something like that perspective of that sensitive perspective wasn't really uh exposed to me from an early age and so i i really found a lot of joy in just like training on the tennis court and i i i mean i in juniors when i was like 16 to 18 years old i was like ranked in texas and the whole thing yeah (laughs) nice and uh and then i just it wasn't like a direct correlation but like i as the traveling for that started to get kind of crazy you know i was Mm -hmm. like every weekend i was with my mom and my dad literally on the road and by this point we were starting to like fight about stuff which would make it because i was starting to want to be in a band and it was starting to cause like huge rifts in my whole like that whole life and then that's how music kind of got set up for me is like Again, I mean, almost the polar opposite of Matthew. I, I found music as the escape. My, mar- my parents knew nothing about it. And honestly, I didn't know jack about it either. I, I just started chasing a feeling and I joined a band and we would write the crappiest songs you've ever heard. But like, when we'd play them well together, I would get this feeling that would be so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah you know, be like, oh, God. Like, it would literally like consume my body with like, this incredible feeling that I wasn't used to. And so, man, I just chased that my whole, uh, my whole life. It became like, oh, first I was like, I should learn guitar. I should be a great guitar player. And then that became like, well, I'm not going to be the best guitar player in the world. I should figure out how to write a song. And then that became like, finding my niche within that was learning how to make sound good. And in the engineering side of production, which is where I kind of got... I got to grow up making a lot of great country records and producing a lot of my own stuff, just being in Texas, hanging around Dwight, our other, our producer that works with Missio. And so, yeah, yeah, man, that's the story. And then by the time we actually met Matthew and I, like our strengths really complemented each other well, and they still do, but we've definitely learned from each other, you know, and it just constantly evolves. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, you, you mentioned, I mean, uh, when you started making that split from, from tennis to, to uh, being in a band, and I heard you say at one point that you were you're writing down bands with somebody else in algebra class. Oh, yeah. And I was man. just wondering, what, what were the bands that you put down? What were those ones that you liked at that time? Um, so, dude, th- this is literally, you want to know that something is crazy? That guy because we just announced ACL today he literally texted me today and goes do you remember when you know I would write down uh, he literally texted today about this it was Tripping Daisy was one of them Pearl Jam and Soundgarden were like the first three bands that we wrote down I was like nice do we need to start a band and he's like yeah but I don't play an instrument I'm like well I kind of play guitar. You should learn the bass. And then his next door neighbor happened to be a drummer. And then that's how it started, you know. Nice. Nice. Pearl Jam and, and Soundgarden. Always always good to start off with those guys. Oh, that's yeah, for sure. Man. Legends. Fast forward, both of you guys, like you said, when you met, you sort of complimented each other. But I heard like one of the big things for you guys actually starting and actually working together, one of the big reasons was because... David, you and your wife needed a roommate, and Matt 
was looking for a place to stay. Uh, if it hadn't been that case, do you think Missio would exist right now or in the same way that it exists right now if that room situation wasn't necessary? Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I look at all the things that have happened in just both of our lives and just Missio in general, and every single time something happens it's like supposed to happen in a in a really weird way and sometimes we won't find out until a couple years later and we're like oh that's why that happened but truly i i don't i don't think i was in the i was in such a work mode at that time where i don't think if i would have moved in i think i would have just focused on just like all right this is a go mode on my own but i think what helped was my lack of skills knowing how to play live and stuff too like when I moved in with David and his wife, we were just able to work all the time on just the most random things. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I benefit the success yeah. of this band of living together for such a long time because we were just always able to knock on each other's doors and go, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, I hate this. What would you think <laughs> this? Or, you know, just kind of going back and forth. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, everything is just the the number one lesson that I think we've learned is, is trust your gut. And like, that was in our, it wasn't necessarily like, Hey, come move in and let's start a band. It definitely, that wasn't even remotely in the conversation. It was more like we just did a, a, an EP together, which at the time I was producing EPs, like sometimes two or three, like a month. I I was, Mm -hmm. that was my full-time gig. I had just quit my band that I was in and I was just, that was what my plan was if you if i had one i was like all right i'm just gonna focus on making dope records for people and so it wasn't really about that it was just kind of like we were compatible sure let's let's make it work whatever and uh it seems like a win-win and then like you said it just started that led to writing together to play like to like all sorts of things and it's just been great since then yeah well, the, the you've mentioned already a bunch of times, and, and it seems like he's such a huge integral part to Missio, uh, Dwight Dwight Baker. He seems like a a big part of this of this story. How did how did he become a part and sort of that standby producer for everything Missio? Yeah, I like it. I guess it came definitely through me because he essentially. Uh, was like kind of my mentor he's a very established he's had a a long career in music done a whole bunch of things but he's established himself uh, as just one of the top producers here in austin um and i i met him and we developed a relationship and the sort that i would be producing records i'd send it to him for feedback and he would kind of teach me and when he would do big records he would hire me as an engineer and so we had that kind of relationship and missio kind of the first, the early Missio EPs were kind of made in his studio in the off time. So when he was out on tour, he would let me make my own records there. And so uh, eventually, like the first the first time we all worked together, he just happened to be home from tour. Matthew and I were working in the studio. He pops in and there's a vibe. So we're yeah. like, hey, maybe we should follow that. And because I, I knew I knew what Dwight brought to the table, um, which is a a whole different thing than either of us necessarily do, but I think Matthew was a lot more hesitant in the beginning to kind of do that. And so, but we've eventually kind of figured out a really solid working relationship that I couldn't imagine, you know, having, like, he's kind of like a family member. Yeah. Brother, yeah. I, w- I was initially kind of scared of him because, uh, well, for one, he's a f- 
giant. He's like, <laughs> yeah, huge. And then two, um, I had had mutual friends that had worked with him, and they were all like, "He's intense. He's aggressive. He'll call you out on your." <laughs> I was like, I'm not for any of that right now. And uh, just after watching him work and understanding how his brain works and stuff, I was like, okay, this guy's a genius, and I'm yeah. gonna learn from him. But I, I was so hesitant because I David had told me, you know, yeah, he's like a, a huge pop guy and like writes these pop songs, and I was like, that's the last thing that I want is like <laughs> turning into this big pop shiny act or whatever. And then it just took working together to to realize like oh, this dude just loves music and, like, doesn't care what genre he's working on. He's just talented. And so as we've kind of built our relationship, the three of us, it, I, I wouldn't, like, I would hate any other thing if it wasn't involving us three because I just love how we approach music, what the studio vibe is like. Like, we don't let anybody else into the studio, really. It's like yeah. when we make a record, it's the three of us. Don't f- process. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I love that. I love that because I'm just introverted and I just appreciate the space. So um, it's been amazing to, to have Dwight and David both involved. Like, I, I just, I love them both. For sure. Well, I mean, to go along with that, you know, you were talking about sort of that independent, introverted vibe there. And, you know, I found an intro. You guys signed with RCA, which is, is part of Sony BMG, you know, massive label before you release loner and you know even though you're part of that label you guys seem very independent as far as that music creation band control everything i mean case in point when you know i was setting up this interview normally i'm talking to a manager a publicist an agent there's like five people that go back around and like, I don't know if we can make that work. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. and, and then like when I when I email you guys, all of a sudden it's it's Matt. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. Oh, wow, that <laughs> yeah. was easy. Like, do you, do you guys find it important to control those things in your career? Important is such an understatement. It and should always yeah. be that easy, my man. Like, always. Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. we were kind of naive. And we were like, oh, yeah, we, we'll let tons of people speak and have control and this is their jobs they're really good at it they must know what they're doing it's like oh no they don't know what they're doing <laughs> and and the only people that actually care like actually care about the things that we care about are us and so it's like well i mean after wrong answer or after wrong answer it's like well that's not what we would have done that's not what we would have done we had to learn the lesson that I think a lot of smart artists are learning, which is that you have to own your stuff. You've got yeah. to be the ones making the decisions. We don't live in, in a world where it is like music's made like it was in the 70s where there's giant record budgets and there's tons of like just like excess to go around. It's about yeah. it's about being an artist, knowing what you have to say and being able to like being wear creative. being creative and being wear, wear a lot of hats and manage your business, you know, as, yeah and i will i will say on that too like the way that david and i are wired like we're for sure i'd say borderline workaholics but we love doing it it's it's not yeah it's a big hassle for us like i love being able to talk to to when i get an email come in i love being able to say hey what's up it's me like yeah absolutely we'll do this (laughs) because i just got so tired of seeing it take two weeks to get something scheduled it's just like yeah look if we're free Let's do that and like knock it out and that's just end of conversation all right next let's move on it's just yeah efficient but you know? dude in the like like not to 
expose labels or anything like that because it's not really about that. But there are a lot of people out there that think artists can't represent themselves. Like a lot of people in the industry, when when we were like we manage ourselves right now, we don't have management. We manage ourselves one hundred percent. We have a business manager yeah. <laughs> who helps mm-hmm. taxes, <laughs> you know. But like, yeah. but like, there's a lot of people that legit, you know, because when we when we were deciding as artists whether or not we it was a it was a good investment in our future, you know. Obviously, we want to do what's best for Missio. That's why we signed with RCA in the beginning, is because we thought it would give us the best opportunity to grow our business and. Yeah. And but like there's a lot of people out there in that business that don't want artists to believe that they can do it themselves. They're like, oh, no, you have to have a manager. It's like, well, why? We can answer emails. We can do things. We can make decisions. And so, you know, and it's there are some labels that won't work with bands if they manage themselves. And I'm like, well, that just has shady written all over it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like. So for sure. But, you know, we want to be part of the new wave of artists that that value that kind of thing and i think people just like in the food you eat if you want your food to be organic then you got to know about the farm you know and that's what we are we're organic music farm you know actually i like that terminology new wave alt that's that's what our new genre should be i'm labeling it right now new wave Alt. (laughs) (laughs) i'm writing it down as we speak but No, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I mean, honestly, all out of all the artists that I've talked to on the show, it usually seems like, one, the, the people that do it themselves get the most done, and one, have the most fun, and two, get the most out of it themselves, because there's not a bunch of other people cutting into their pie uh, that aren't doing anything. And so... I yeah I I completely I completely agree and uh, think you you should you should pull more artists along on that that line of thinking at least um, appreciate that man. Now, thank you yeah yeah um, now I uh, I wanted to mention I, I noticed you know one of the big things sort of speaking of, of promotion and thing one of the things that hit popularity as far as missio music was uh it being played on alt nation on sirius xm uh them picking up tracks and i mean now you you've had five number ones on on alt nation uh i i know i'm on the radio and it's fm radio but it still amazes me that radio was that influential to your career because it's 2021 and i feel like everybody is is listening to spotify and apple and like and were you surprised when you got all this attention after they started after regan started playing your song on on sirius extremely yeah Uh, i mean because at that point we had we had pretty much been doing everything ourselves we were contacting blogs we were trying to get every single opportunity we could and it was slow. I mean, we had been, what most people don't realize, we had been a band at that point for a year and a half, if not two years, just literally trying to do as much as we could with, with virtually zero money. And so when we finally ended up writing the Loner album, um, Dwight introduced us to uh, a guy who was our manager for a while, and he set all the Alt Nation stuff up. We just had no idea what to expect. And what was what was crazy is that when Middle Fingers went, our email just blew up and it yeah. was like labels, publishers, who are you? This is crazy. Like, awesome. We want to, we want to meet you all this stuff. And it, 
as much as we had been told, don't don't forget to remember all this stuff. It's going to move super quickly. I was trying my best to be like, I'm going to cherish all this stuff. And, and it's just impossible when things are just flying by you that quickly. Because think about it, it's two, two local guys from Austin who have a dream. And then that dream becomes a reality in one day. And it's like our dream just became like, are we actually going to do this? Is this going <laughs> to, is this thing really going to work? And it was, it was the best feeling ever. Um, yeah. But I, I think what made the radio so specific and helpful in that instance was that within the industry, radio is still very important. And so yeah. it really helped open the doors from, from a business industry perspective. And honestly, to this day, we owe Alt Nation and Regan, I mean, so much because they, they did, they took a risk on a band that had, I mean, no stats, no data behind our name, really. So, um, yeah, we credit we credit Regan and Alt Nation a lot because they they were just amazing for us. So, and then obviously the Missio Mafia has has come from just a lot of the listeners on radio, and um, I feel like our loyalty from our fans has been placed primarily because of radio. So, there's a lot of credit to give radio, even though I talk so much. Out radio. <laughs> uh, well, we still have to give credit where credit is due. Nice. Now, well, now the the last interview I did uh, was with a band that started out because they wanted to be on stage. They were actually like the the reverse of what you you guys were really looking to do. Because, like you said, you sort of started out putting the music out on the the internet and actually, actually no, being it, it's even all stronger about- than that mm-hmm. matthew specifically when we sat down and discussed the first ep is like uh you know i was kind of like try to go through with the artist what are your goals so we could kind of make sure that creatively we're we have keep those in mind you know and it's like and his words were like never want to play live literally <laughs> direct quote never want to play live the only thing I care about is if we could get maybe one sync so that I could kind of recoup some of the money I've put into yeah. recording it. He's like, that's my only, I was like, if I had to have one business goal, it would be that. But other than that, I just want to record these songs, you know? So it's like, I mean, it was like a stated, like, outside of all um, ambitious type A type goals that that uh, which is how we we the context was that was the first kind of record we made he was in a band that made a record that was much more mainstream and it sounded dope and it was great but it was like no I don't want to do that I want to do something that's what I want to do and I don't want to have to worry about making it fit on radio and I don't want to worry about having to make it be a single or whatever you know yeah we still hold that mentality which is which is why I'm I feel so freaking honored every day to be able to do missio because truly i like i think we both approach it this way when we're writing new songs we literally go radio promotion at all if we do not like and and love and like want to listen to our own songs over and over and over what's the point (laughs) yeah and i feel like that attitude going into the music industry is what allows our fans and people to like what we do because we truly are doing it for ourselves. Like, I don't care what some label person thinks about a song that we work on. Period. I just don't. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. No, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it, it, it comes through and it also, I've had this conversation with a, a bunch of artists on the show, but like, the the fans can tell. I mean, if you're not doing that, the, the fans aren't going to like the music either, really. 
uh, for the most part. Uh, you're gonna you're going that the the uh, genuineness comes through in the songs when you're feeling it and when you love it, and they're going to feel that same way that you're you know that you're putting out there. That feeling of love is going to go to the to the listener. So yeah, I think that's it, the reason that we've found so much success playing live is because a lot of times especially in electronic music which is what we are for the most part is electronic music and a lot of times that the feeling the story and the feeling are kind of buried in electronic music it's just about dancing or finding a vibe and like yeah so when you come and see missy alive a lot of times people are like don't get the songs fully until they come and see us live and they realize they they feel those feelings that you're talking about it's like oh this is actually this is a little different and so i don't know it's kind of why i've missed playing live so much yeah yeah well you know you 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 mentioned before sort of that that high of breaking the code of composing a song and that feeling you get when you when you get it right um how does that compare cuz i've heard you talk about the response you got from like the song I See You and these people doing these crazy things, you know, super, you know, uh, uh, like great charities and, and great, you know, acts of kindness, all these different things. How does that uh, compare those two feelings? Like the feeling of somebody bringing back your own song and saying, I did this because of your song versus the feeling of I wrote this this song and I love it. To me, it's 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 overwhelming, and and the the those those both those feelings have taught us like in a in a crazy way, uh, in a way that we weren't expecting about how connected we all are, and how uh, you know uh, specifically the Can You Feel the Sun record was written because we got the opportunity to go over the to Europe and we see these people connect with music. It's like unquestionably supernatural when you think about it we all have 12 notes and we put them together and it makes people feel loved and 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 like getting to like see that we're all the same and even for, you yeah know, we have all these different like man it like it it changed everything for us it was actually kind of dark because it actually produced one of the darkest periods for both of us because we had to let go of a lot of like even spiritual beliefs that we had grown up with from like that that taught us that maybe everybody's not the same you know or that you have to be a certain way it's like it's like letting go of some of the mistruths that you grew up under um, yeah is what produced a lot of the isolation i think that we that the whole record is about yeah i'll be honest i think to this day middle fingers is probably my least favorite missio song uh (laughs) but there was a moment where we were playing it live and every single person in the crowd had their middle finger up. Every single one. Yeah. And the feeling I had in that moment when I realized the difference, differences between every single person in the room, politically, spiritually, um, sexual orientations, like whatever you can think of differences, that is in a room. And in the moment, nobody gave a about it because they yeah. were so stoked about the energy and so stoked about the love that they felt and the music and what it was doing feeling wise. And like that to me is something that I'll never forget because growing up in church and seeing what a church is trying to accomplish, it's what happens at Missio shows or just shows in general where you have a giant group of people who believe different things 
that in the moment can be unified in love or whatever feeling you want to you want to give to it that yeah. is the power of 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 music and artistry and like i no matter what happens with missy on the next 10 15 years whatever i will be forever grateful to have experienced that collective unity within our shows like i i, I don't even know if there's a specific word for it but it's yeah. it's incredible for sure i mean it's got to be over overwhelming to see that sort of your product do that your creation do that to everybody at the same time uh definitely definitely powerful uh well speaking of, i want i wanted to it's sort of a curveball here sort of a right angle turn in this question uh along with that songwriting there was an interesting thing interesting collaborator that you had that just made my you know uh, make my made me say wait what who uh you guys have collaborated with paul wall that's right paul wall still tipping gripping the 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 uh grill man himself absolutely how how did you guys end up working with mr wall well first of all like matthew and i literally both grew up on and still love houston rap like nice in the houston area and like so literally like legend you know what i mean just yeah pure legend and just such such a great dude honestly um we the the way that happened again this one came through dwight dwight is on the texas grammy boards and so Mm. paul wall and uh and so like we would hear stories about how epic paul wall was all the time and we'd be like oh tell us a story about whatever he's telling us a story about Paul Wall, and then he was like, and we we were having a hard time finding a feature on the songs or whatever. It was just wasn't working out, and Dwight threw out the idea, and Matthew and I like, uh, absolutely. If he would if he would be so kind as to consider <laughs> our band, you know, like that's how kind of <laughs> that's what we did, and man, and it honestly blew me away because you know, I don't know, like I didn't really know what he would bring to a track and Missy tracks are very thoughtful, sensitive and heartfelt, even when they're aggressive usually. And so yeah. it takes somebody who's going to literally like understand the consciousness of the track. And in the rap world, sometimes that's hard to find. And he would, he delivered both times, like literally incredible lyrics, incredible lyrics that just slayed both of us. So nothing but love and respect for him. And he's a true pro. Yeah, I, I love, I love the fact that, uh, I, I mean, he's not only is he make good music, but he's just, he, he's just got a good attitude about most things. If you, if you follow him on Instagram, (laughs) it's great. Like, I mean, he had a post on there where he got smoked by Wendy's, uh, Wendy's Twitter. Yeah, dude. Wendy's was making fun of him. Like they make fun of most people. And he was just like, wait, what? And I was like, "Oh man, he's, Paul he's Wall taking it like a champ." He's supposed to be making us some grills. We need to we need to get on yeah. that. <laughs> nice. You need to get those. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, a quality Paul king, Wall man. grill right he's got there. The hookup, man, he does them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about before you uh, go. Let's talk about the uh, skeletons part three. Uh, it was just released. Uh, one of the things that I was sort of most curious about. Great songs on there. Uh, how does it fit into Skeletons Part One and Two? Why is this the 
carryover of these these first two EPs? I think for us, we're again to kind of bring it full circle. We just love writing music. Period. And a goal, kind of early on, going back to the sync world, was wanting to dive a little bit more into like what it would be to to score a soundtrack eventually or a full film or something. And so there's always been that alternate side of us that we just love to do. And I think the skeleton, what turned into just like a, hey, let's just do a couple acoustic type things for just additional content, turned into, oh, our fans are resonating with this side of Missio just as much as they're resonating with the big alt hip hop type tracks. And so I think when it came to the spirituality of this last album, Can You Feel the Sun, and, and some of the things that we were trying to get across, it yeah. it made sense to really kind of put our full effort into some of the strip versions and bringing a string quartet in and just trying to make them as cinematic and emotional moving as possible. Um, just, just so that our fans can just have every vibe possible. I think that's one of the, the things David and I both love about Radiohead so much is I'll find myself 20 years later turning on two or three different Radiohead tracks every month just because I'm like, oh, they just have a vibe for everything. And I think mm-hmm. we can continue to do that and just keep writing songs that we love. Um, nice. My hope is that we'll always be able to do the skeleton stuff. And we've been talking about maybe trying to do a live format of it where we do smaller rooms with with actually having a live string quartet with us. Again, just for the experience of, of I don't, we don't see that happening very much where you get yeah. an artist like a total separate show almost, but it's just as impactful as the main show. So, yeah, yeah it's a little bit of creativity mixed in with just trying to trying to just get more stuff out expression wise but i love it (laughs) i I listen back to it um, pretty frequently and and i'm i'm just blown away at how it came together i i definitely appreciate bands that go across different feelings different you know uh uh sounds and and express i mean like that's one of the things that i love about zeppelin uh, Zeppelin was a, effortlessly goes across rock, blues, folk, comeback, big productions, small productions. Like that's you, you give it all to the to the fans, and a, a different look is always uh, always appreciated. And it, it seems like uh, it seems like the Missio Mafia is uh, appreciating this different look. Uh, it's it's doing pretty well in the first month. Pretty good response, right? Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that for sure. Uh, well, now before we go, uh, do you? I mean, you like you said, you've just released in 2020. Uh, Can you feel the sun? And you just released the newest EP, so you're pretty up to about as up to date on new music as possible. Is the rest of 2021 more just focused on? loading up those shows as soon as you can and as soon as you know it's safe yeah i mean it's uh we're definitely our our brains are working towards that end but simultaneously like i think the core of who we are will be songwriters so it's also writing i mean that's like we love that part of the whole cycle because it, yeah. as music you have writing then you have recording and then you have the the worst part in my opinion which is the planning of releasing it and you're like yeah. having all these calls and talking about all this minutia that's really 
at the end of the day, we're like, this isn't what we signed up to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We want to make music and we want to play shows. But, like, you know, you got to do it. But And then after you release it, you know, touring, which obviously we've gotten totally robbed of. I mean, I can't believe we haven't gotten to play on stage any of the songs. So, uh, but, so we're kind of opening up in the writing and but without the pressure of some specific deadline is always the best kind you know you just yeah i will say this is public knowledge but we uh we will have hopefully this year a collab with grandson coming out which uh very nice song is done and it is bad to the bone it's sick man so i I can't (laughs) wait till uh we can get that planned out but hopefully hopefully that'll be out this year jordan he's all over things man that dude is collaborating with everybody yeah geez what's crazy is that um i was unfamiliar with grandson personally until about a year ago maybe maybe a little bit before um yeah and it was our fans on everything that we would post they would say miss you on grandson miss you on grandson and i, I would hit up and be like dude are you getting as much on your end as we are he's like Bro, it will not stop and so finally this year we were like okay it needs to happen. The fans are asking for this. And I think it's cool because it's not this like pre-planned, let's try to get a bunch of followers and stuff. It's like, no, this is fan requested. And the fans yeah. flip out when they hear it. Yeah. So well, it's it, the first time we've ever, outside of just hip-hop features, we've never really done yeah, this with anybody. Exactly. So yeah. it's obviously a big deal for us. But yeah. Grandson Jordan, he, he wants to do that, man. And when he was on the show uh, a while back, he was on the show in uh, November and he was talking about, and I mean, and, and he's not like I've since then. I've had four or five other artists that he's worked with. He loves working with other people and sort of, you know, molding to what they want to do and and writing new tracks. So I'm sure it'll be amazing when you when you bring that one out. That's awesome. I guarantee you, you will not use those words to describe <laughs> us. We are the opposite of that. We like hate working with other people it's like, <laughs> like why would we wo- i'm like dude why would i work with someone besides my homies that i love and i know exactly where they're coming from but, so but but it's, it's, it's been like that for a long time I from, know. When I, from when we were kids it was like no you're not yeah, into the man. group man <laughs> so yeah man but it worked out well with him he was really like he uh, but to to your point he was great to work with you know yeah like we had- yeah for sure. Well, that's going to that's going to be an awesome track for sure. I'm I'm can't wait to hear it. Uh fellas, we are up against a break and I know you've got something to go on to, so I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Really always appreciated and and thanks for a great interview, man. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Missio at their website, missiomusic.com. Stream on Apple or Spotify. Follow them on social media and Missio Music right now. Let's take a listen to Do You Realize off of Skeletons Part 3 right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Missio. Boom. Yes. Matt and Dave living it up. There it is. Those Shout guys, out to those man. guys. Yeah. Now, listeners, you know you know what we did while we were listening to those tunes. We looked at the menu. That's right. That's what we did. Sure did. We checked out the menu. So first we went to uh, Ramen Tatsuya. 
Dave, what what was your choice on ramen Tatsuya? I'm getting the miso hot. Okay, dog. okay, I like that. I like it. I um, I can't really decide. I'm thinking old school, maybe miso not. Wait, what? You know, maybe not even go mm. the spicy version. Because sometimes, yeah. like, I like the spicy version, but like on some things, like I feel like this, I wouldn't be able to it enjoy my ramen. Much. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like on on meat, I feel like I can enjoy a spicy. I can get in there. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't mm -hmm. know. Might just be me, guys. I might just be being weird. Anyways. That's we what, can share. That's what we're going with Tatsuya. Now, let's go over to Musashino uh, Sushi. Mm. Me and Dave, we had to do a little bit of debating, but we came to the agreement that we're going to do some omakase. We're going in there. Yes. We're getting the chef, and we're Based saying... off Rich Cho. That's Rich right. Rich Cho told us we had to do this. Shout out to Rich Cho, man. Shout out. Living it up now in Memphis. Big big ups to to Rich Cho working in the Memphis front office there. Oh yeah, uh, we're gonna. You know what, Rich, you're invited. You're coming down too. We're gonna there spend go. way too much money. We're all getting Omakase. That's true. <laughs> he's he's. We're inviting you, and you're paying. Good luck with that. Uh, I I will I will pay for the Tori Katsu, the fried chicken. That will be yes. me. We I will I'll pay for uh, drinks. The, Nice, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna order all like just the most ridiculous alcoholic drinks and then not drink them. Dave's I'll, got I'll, it. I'll, I'll I'll take that. That's L for the team. <laughs> that's true. You'll you'll take them. Okay. All right. So that's what we got, listeners. If you haven't checked out Missio's albums, you need to check it out. They got the new. Yeah, you're slacking. They got the newest album out there. Can you see this? Can you feel the sun? Good stuff. They just came out with the new EP Skeletons Part 3. Good stuff. Some some real deal fellas there. Matt and oh, Dave, yeah. real deal Solid fellas. Dudes. You know, we 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 chatted it up a little bit before we got on air there and they're just they're just good guys. They're just good dudes. Really like them. Shout out to both Matt and Dave. Keep doing what you do, fellas. Uh okay, Dave. It's uh it's time. It's time for the first uh or not the Wait, first. What? Time for the installment of what is now becoming one of the most popular shows. Huh? Rated based on nothing, which we know. The Doc G top 3. Yes. Yeah, I just called it the uh, the the best rated segment, Dave. We have no yeah, data segment, on that. Not show. We don't know. Yeah. We don't. We don't know what it what it is. But it's all right. Here's we like doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, me and you enjoy it. So that's all that counts. Wait, what? Uh, not that your opinions don't count, listeners. You totally count. Um, Girl, come on, Dave. I decided since we're getting to that, you know, Memorial Day time, we're getting mm -hmm, to that mm -hmm. summertime. We should yep. cover the best games to play at a cookout. Ooh, are we talking like as adults or as kids? Either. All time. Okay. All, All time. time games. Okay. Oh, man. I forgot one that I just realized that I didn't even. Ooh. Oh man! Oh, I don't know well, where. Think about it. You may save it for the end. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it as honorable mention. I'm gonna do it as honorable right. mention. Throw it out there. Do it now. Okay, it honorable there. mention. It's not on my list, but it definitely should be, and it sort of depends on where you're having the cookout. But beach volleyball. If you're having, oh. 
If yes, that's a good one. If you're having it like at a at a park that has beach volleyball pits, or of course if you're having and you're in the gazebo or whatever, yeah. Solid. Or yeah. if you're having it, obviously at the beach, you can do it there too. But that's got to that's yeah, that's close. That's definitely close. That's one. See, my next door neighbors had one set up in the backyard, mm. and they would just take the net down and they would just leave the poles there and stuff. Oh man, that was clutch for cookouts. Yeah, definitely nice. Definitely nice. All right, Dave, what's your number three on your list? Dude, number three for me as a kid at our cookouts, we always had football, um, you know, when we would go. Right. And the random pickup tackle games. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Super fun. Like, there's. There's nothing better than tackling, like playing tackle, getting a Capri Sun, and then grabbing a burger from the dad who's grilling. That's true. Sweet. That's true. Like, that sort of goes along with, it wasn't like a real game. This I know I've already done one honorable mention, but I'm going to do another mm -hmm. one. Another mm -hmm. honorable mention was just keep away with any- Or jackpot. Keep away in the pool. Like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Nothing yeah. better than getting like a five-on-five -five keep away game going. In oh, the pool, yeah. like I on, good one. honestly, that was the most fun I ever had. The whole and time, just tackle you. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. The whole time I was in South Carolina, that was probably the most like fun three hours I ever had. Was when we did that for literally almost three hours at a gym party for the staff. Wow, it was so <laughs> awesome. It was so like I look. I look back on that day with such fondness, and Dave. That was your that was your favorite. Such fondness. But but I think as a whole, it doesn't reach the other games on this this list. That's why I didn't put it on the list. That's why. Okay. Now, my number three, a very organized game at a cookout. Kickball. <laughs> kickball. Ooh. Now nice. I put kickball up there because so many people get jazzed about it. Like, they love kickball. Yeah, man. it's such it's such a universal crowd pleaser. People get excited. Yes! Plus, it's like an event because you never know what people are gonna kick like. Nope. So when they get up there, right. you're like, oh man! And then like Aunt Jackie, all of a sudden, just can like nail it, and you're like, what? Did she play soccer in college? What happened? Yeah, you're like, Why where is did that? Come that's from? crazy, you know? Or like, you know, Jeff. Uncle Jeff talks all kinds of junk, and then he just and then can he whips yeah, it. just completely misses the ball, and you're like Jeff, what a loser, Girl, right? It's pretty good. It's an event every it time somebody kicks. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, your number two. What do you got, dude? Number two for me is flip cup at a cookout. Oh, because like, wow. I, I love I love beer pong, uh -huh. but but flip cup is much more kind of that same thing that team environment it's rowdy you know, you, yeah yeah and then everyone just starts yelling at each other the competitive juices aunt judy all of a sudden is a one <laughs> like one flip and done like baller and, and like it can where it, did that come from it can be played uh non-alcoholic uh, just correct. as easily so that's good correct that's always exactly. fun where you can't really do that with beer pong it's like uh I can't. Yep. You can't like you. you we do water. Cups. Yeah, you have to be all a one team, and then you don't usually have the non-alcoholic team. You know, so like. Yep. Anyways, good one, good one. I went number two, cornhole. Cornhole Ooh, was one. the number two. Now I I thought for a long time, guys. In fact, way too long for for this top three list. But hmm. I thought about between cornhole and and uh, horseshoes. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. which one do I go? And I got to be honest. I try. I put myself in the situation. I was like, which one do I have more fun with? And I have more fun with cornhole. Yeah. There's just. It, it's just. I mean, it, you got to be less of an ace with cornhole. You know. Yeah. With. Yep. Totally. To be a ringer in in shoes, you gotta you gotta toss some shoes in your day. You gotta be you gotta be good. Cornhole, you can come in pretty amateur and it, at least be okay. You know, at least hit the board. You know, but not yeah. not in shoes. It's too. I'm gonna go ahead and say shoes is too selective. Too selective. No, it's not inclusive enough. That's why cornhole was my number two. Okay, number okay. one. What do you got? Yeah, man. So I think so. I actually never really played horseshoes. That must be like you know you're from the Virginian farm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think you got more of that. But my number one is cornhole. Yes, man. I don't yes. think there is a complete outdoor event of any kind without some cornhole boards and some bags. That's true. Um, That's true. It is. It is a fun little uh, thing out there. You know, it can take forever or it can be pretty quick. Yeah. Um. You know, like you said, it doesn't take too much skill, but it is a blast. You focus in on it, yeah. and uh, you can have your drink while you're doing it Definitely. and socialize. Still, you're not, you know, kind of out there, like, unable to talk or whatever. So, great game Definitely. for outdoor I, cookouts. I agree. I agree. And honestly, if I'm, like, doing just, like, like, like I said, overall, I probably wouldn't put this one number one that I have. But I've just had so many good opportunities with this number one. And this would probably be like you asked, you know, you said, is it is it uh, when we're kids or when we're adults? This would definitely be more kids. But let me tell you, adults out there, don't turn it down. If somebody asks you to play this game, you take it because it is fun. Okay. Capture the flag. Oh, man. Yes. What a kick butt game. Yes. Yes. I top notch. So fun. At night, during the In day, the woods. whenever. Oh. It's it's so fun. You got I mean, strategy. You talk to your team, you're like, you two are gonna run this way. We're gonna run over this way. You watch the flag. You two hold on here. Like, just so good. So good. Somebody gets caught, they don't get the flag. I'll give you uh, back when I was in grad school. I taught uh, I taught uh, jogging. Capture the flag class. I taught jo- <laughs> I taught jogging, Dave. And in my jogging class, we did capture the flag. Awesome. And and it was funny because the college students would be like, "Capture the flag. This is dumb. I'm not gonna play this." By the end of the class, every student. Is like you know, all in, like put, sweating, like put you know, getting their fingers in the mud and putting it under his eyeliner, you know, blackout under their eyes and like yes. tying their shirt over their head and like doing and barrel rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody was all in, man. Capture the flag is so fun, so all fun. time, okay. all time great. So there we go, listeners. That was our top three. What's your top three? To play at a cookout. Think about it. What do you got? What do you? So many good games, man. I can get into any game. I can get in. Oh yeah. I thought. Oh, yeah. Also, honorable mention I put on there uh, was Ultimate Frisbee. That was another one that I was Ooh, like, really good. Just yeah. good times. Good times. Anyways, guys, we'll be back. G is fun at a cookout. It's hey, <laughs> I'll bring the games. I'll bring the tunes. I'll bring the non-alcoholic beverages. I'll have all three of those things. Yes! Those things will be in heavy demand. 
And Dave, that was actually one of the biggest things after my freshman year in college. Came back mm-hmm. to the hometown, had a mm-hmm. huge, huge cookout. I invited everybody I knew in the area. I was just like, everybody yeah. come. Everybody. And it was so fun, man. That's so right. So fun. In fact, you played your butt off. One of my friends sent me a, a, a picture from back in the day, you know, on some kind of old uh, bird cage of a. A, a camera that was made back oh. in the 1830s when this happened. Yeah. It was black and white. It was yeah. it was literally a photograph, listeners. It was not a digital. Nope. It was not a digital picture. It was a photograph. Jeez. Crazy. Anyways, all right, guys, let's move on to the last birthday suit. All right, here we go. Okay, so this one I said 40%, but it's not a confident 40%. No. Um, Born on May 26, 1948, Good Samaritan Hospital in Phoenix. Our birthday suit wearer moved around a lot because of her dad's job with Greyhound. As a 16-year-old, she received a guitar for her birthday. In her senior year of high school, she met Lindsey Buckingham, and they started playing music together and dating. They were a band called Fritz, who actually ended up opening for Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. Jeez. But ultimately, they disbanded in 1972. But in 1974, the duo was invited to be in Fleetwood Mac. They released, they released their first album with our birthday suit wearer and Lindsey Buckingham titled Fleetwood Mac in 1975. Our birthday suit wearer wrote the songs Landslide and Rhiannon on that album. The group released their next album, Rumors, in 1976. They then released Tusk in 79, Mirage in 82. In between the two, she released her first solo album, Belladonna, in 1981. The album reached number one. The album had four hit singles, with the biggest being Edge of Seventeen. That's right. Her second album, The Wild Heart, was released in 1983. She went on to release five more albums on her own and three more with Fleetwood Mac. She was nominated for eight Grammys, but never won a solo performance Grammy, which is actually the most nominations for someone who's never won before. But she did win two Grammys with Fleetwood Mac. She is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist for Fleetwood Mac and as a solo artist. Name that birthday suit wearer. Man, I have no idea. Gosh, I am so bad. <laughs> You're bad at music. That's true. Yeah. You're bad at music. Let's not deny it, listeners. We can all accept it. Well, let's see if you've heard this name. Stevie Nicks. Oh, does she, does she have the um, put the song in the jukebox, baby thing? <laughs> no, is that her? no, definitely Who not. Who is that? Who uh, is that? That is uh uh oh man uh uh Joan Jett. Joan, Joan Jett. Joan Jett. You're right. Oh, I love rock and roll. Man, yeah. that took me far too long. Um, not so not Stevie Nicks. Okay, Stevie, <laughs> Stevie Nicks. Have you ever heard? I'm guessing you've heard "The Edge of 17. <clears throat> Let me do it. I'll, I'll do a All little right, rendition yeah, for you. Give me something. You. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, ooh baby, ooh, ooh, 
Yeah. yeah I heard that one. Okay. That's her. Okay. That's her. I have heard of her listener. There we go. He's heard of the song. Do you, now, for a thousand extra points, do you know who who used that song as a sample in the very late or very early 2000s? Of course I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would be uh, Beyonce and uh, uh, what's the group? Who am I looking for? Um, uh, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. There you go. You got it. Woo! That's who we're looking for. Destiny's Child with Bootylicious, man. They oh, use Bootylicious. Okay. They use that that background, that guitar coming in. That was uh. that was that song that they redid. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That was the only part of it, but you know. Yeah, then they then it gets into very different type of song. Very different song, but <laughs> nonetheless, man, she's turning the big seventy three right. for Stevie yeah. Nicks. There happy it is. Happy birthday, Stevie. Yes, happy birthday indeed, Dave. We're actually a little bit in the air right now for the next week's show. I've got Ooh. a I've got a couple of artists here, and I don't know right. how we're gonna we need to step up how we're gonna order them. But uh, you know, listeners, you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to hang wait tight. And see, yeah, you're, just like we do. Exactly, you're gonna have to hang tight, wait, find out next week. But I guarantee you one thing, listeners, it will be it will be good. The show will go on. It will be good. It will be a great show coming from a not gross state, coming from yes, the, the clean state, twenty ninth grossest state in the union. That's right. Over half of the states are grosser are than nastier us. nastier than us. That's right. Take that, other states. Anyways, listeners, it has been a great show, and we're going to have to wrap it up for now. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Y'all enjoy the rest of your hump day. Mm. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.